Hello and welcome to the stunning history of today. I'm Tess and I'm joined by my ultimate nice friend, Steph. Hi. I'm forcing her to do this. (laughs) (laughs) And because she's my ultimate nice, she just has to do it. (laughs) She has no choice. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So basically what this is, is it's a mix between an existential crisis, a quarter life crisis and the virus. (laughs) I was... You know, you look back on last year and I was like, I've done nothing all year. And no, a lot of us have, especially here in London, because we've been locked up for a year. So I decided as a typical millennial (laughs) in today's (laughs) age, I'm going to do a podcast because everyone's doing one. Also, just because might as well do something Mm. with my spare time (laughs) and it makes me like make Steph come and hang out with me. You make it sound like there's no other way I'm going to Yeah, talking. she's like, I'm only going to come over if you record me. So <laughs> I need to hear my own voice, otherwise there's no voice. So, <laughs> so, I get... Oh, well, I better actually say what the whole point of this... I just basically ranted about, like... <laughs> I get, like, making excuses as to why I started this. What it actually is, it's like an on-this-day podcast where on this day we pick a significant event... And it can be anything from discoveries, natural disasters, assassinations, sad stories, uplifting stories, literally anything significant that happened today. Steph just looking at me like, oh no. She's so good with words. I'm so proud of her. Honestly. I'm also a true crime nut, so some of these are probably going to be like serial killer related or crime related because mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. I mean, I love a good serial In killer. In a non creepy way <laughs> did i just say i love a good serial killer no i mean i mean no we're intrigued by a good serial killer. <laughs> criminology is interesting the serial killer is not good we, Remember we that, don't kids. stand her but we're intrigued by her <laughs> so in saying that i guess we better head into today's so today is may the 4th mm-hmm. let's get out of the way may the 4th be with you <laughs> i didn't mean to sound so etch but <laughs> Are you anti-Star Wars, Tess? I'm not anti-Star anti, anti I would say anti, anti-Star Wars because I watch her, mm-hmm. I appreciate her, mm-hmm. I think she's fine, mm-hmm. but I've found that my opinions aren't that of a real Star Wars fan. That's okay. <laughs> That's alright, as long as you appreciate the universe, not the prequels. Well, I mean, like, look, here's the tea. I really liked the second piece, Last Jedi. Oh, you mean of the third of the, set? Of the recent piece? Uh, yeah, The Last Jedi. I liked that. And when people were like, why? <laughs> and I was like, maybe I'm not a Star Wars stan. Because I liked it. You liked it for the cinematography. I loved the colour scheme. Yeah. This is not a Star Wars review piece. No, no. Let's, but the other thing I really hate about this whole May the 4th be with you thing is I just think it's so cringy. Oh my god! My is that a bad thing to think that Listen, May the fourth is because I'm here's get the up other. And leave. Oh my god! Stop! Because the other tea is that when Australia was like trying to decide to change Australia Day because the 26th of January is horrific and everyone's like we shouldn't celebrate that day. Mm-hmm. One of the suggestions was May the eighth because it sounds like mate, and I was like, no, I I'm out of here. I can't even. I can't even sit and listen to you try and justify that because it's disgusting. That's just... <laughs> Isn't it bad? That's such a, like, an internet thing to do. I was like, I can't get on board this. 
because it's the same as May the 4th. I'm like, no, can't do it. Uh, no, I'd rather a significant day where everyone could be like, Sarge, <laughs> mate, oh, ew. Anyway, <laughs> so May the 4th. On this day in 1944, which is 77 years ago, oh she can math, <laughs> a American psychological thriller film called Gaslight was released. Oh, mm. such tea. Why am I talking about this? We'll get to her soon. <laughs> I like to have some, what's the word? Suspense. Suspense the setup. Yes. yes. I want to keep you listening because I'm an edge. <laughs> Okay, so this film was directed by George Cukor, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right because she's spelled C-U-K-O-R. Yeah, that sounds Cukor. right. Cukor. Um, so this film starred Ingrid Bergman of the Casablanca, so mm-hmm. niceness, Charles Boyer, and an 18-year-old Angela Lansbury. We stand. What? Yes, the ultimate nice queen. Oh my god, she's stunning. Okay, <laughs> she's so nice. good okay. for her. So, uh, in a bit about this film, this may get a bit film nerdy because that's just who I am as a person, but in typical Hollywood fashion, mm-hmm. the 1944 film was a remake. <laughs> Why am I not even remotely surprised? Surprise! Christ. It was, <laughs> it was based on a British, I believe it's British, play from 1938, which was uh, adapted into a film in 1940. Mm-hmm. So there's a British version of this film from 1940. It's obviously better, but sure. We, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but MGM saw that the play and the British film was so successful. They were like, we want this. So they bought the remake rights. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently there was a clause insisting that once they've made their version, that uh, the original version was to be completely destroyed, including negatives. What? They were like, yeah, we want our version to be the only version. But this did not happen. Oh. So you can still see the 1940 version. Don't know why it didn't happen. But they that 40, 1940 version is still out there if you want to watch it. I haven't seen her. I'm sorry. I'm just like so <laughs> unimpressed with... The, what? To have like the nerve to destroy another piece of art? Mm. What? That's not... That's, yeah. un, that's unimpressed. Unimpressed? <laughs> that's unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> that is unimpressive. And I don't think that that's a good idea why would you do that it'd be like um remaking harry potter right just as an example making something that's that's pretty good that everyone enjoys and then someone else buying the rights and then saying okay but you need to destroy the originals including fantastic beasts and anything to do with it like (laughs) what no that's art this is like the original it's okay i'm gonna but it obviously didn't happen i don't know i think it was like a clause within the contract mm-hmm. and either someone was like yeah that's stupid we shouldn't do that <laughs> i mean whoever that person was was right <laughs> because it didn't happen apparently like they they kept it all and you can still see it and then a little, another little quick fact about this film just random <laughs> um was when the 1944 version was released in the uk it had to change the title mm-hmm. and so they changed it to the murder in thornton square because, and I love just thinking about this, like in 1944, imagine if a film called Gaslight came out and these people were like, Gaslight? We saw her four years ago. Why are you re-releasing this? I just think that is so funny. But they renamed her in the UK because they didn't want confusion. Right. Even though they could easily put the year at the end of the film. Yeah. Or a poster with completely different actors. Yeah. So, but anyway. Anyways, okay. So now we've got the facts out of the way. I'm going to give you a bit of a plot summary of the mm-hmm. film. Maybe we'll give you a hint as to why I want to talk about this film today. <laughs> Maybe. Lay it on me. Um, okay, so 
also this is going to be very like you know not completely like every detail accurate because I you know I like to give it a bit of flair (laughs) (laughs) shush it up a bit Um, she talks with glitter basically (laughs) she talks with glitter (laughs) so uh, this is in London uh, an opera singer named Alice world famous opera singer she is murdered in her home right and she's murdered for her valuable jewels. She's got these really fancy ass jewels. Mm. Her niece is named Paula. She's 14 years old. She interrupts the murder, the murderer, in the middle of it all. And because she interrupts him, he ha- runs away without taking these jewels. Okay. So poor little Paula. She's now all alone. She gets sent away to Italy because she wants to study opera too. Yeah. So Sorry, that's our I, little... I can't get it out of my head. Just like... Paula walking in on this murder with like a glass of milk or something. It's like, oh. Auntie, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, just like this murderer standing over Alice with like a knife or something, just going at it and then freezes, sees the child and just says, uh, uh, uh. Oh, oh, bye. <laughs> and Alice just slowly backs away and just says, Sorry, <laughs> closes the door. I did not see anything. <laughs> Such. So that's a little like little beginning piece mm-hmm. to set it all up. So years later, Paul is now an adult, mm-hmm. so nice. She meets Gregory, and after the two-week whirlwind romance, oh, they get married. Two weeks, oh god! Okay. It reminds me of Rebecca. Have you seen the remade version? Recent no, version? I know that you said that. I gotta watch it. Oh, it's on my list. The the tea is that I love that. I read an article where like they didn't want it to be called a remake, and mm-hmm. it's like it's ten out of ten a remake. Yeah. You can't you can't <laughs> deny that. It's got the same title and everything. Anyway. But it's a similar thing of they had a real quick romance, got married really quickly, and I just get so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, this is not going to be good. Honestly, two weeks? What took them so long? Two weeks? <laughs> I barely know a person in two weeks. That's just... Her. Anyway, so they're obsessed. So Gregory is like, we should move back to London, and we should move him back, back into Alice's house, your aunt's house, because it's just sitting there. Let's go and be so nice. So... They move back, and to make Paula more comfortable, Gregory suggests that they move all of Alice's furnishings, belongings, and everything up into the attic so it's out of the way. Mm-hmm. She can live her life peacefully in this house. You're going to move a dead woman's stuff in the attic? Into the attic, yeah. Right, I s- yeah. totally don't see a haunting coming on. <laughs> so before they start really getting into it, mm-hmm. uh, Paula finds a letter from a man named Sergius. When Gregory sees this, he has a violent outburst. And he explains it away by saying, I'm just so frustrated for you. Like, you're going through all this difficulty and, like, I'm just so annoyed that this has happened to you. And it's like, okay, you need to calm down. Okay. you're being too loud. <laughs> I'm very curious about this behavior. Like, why, why is he suddenly kind of making it about him? He's special. Oh, when you say special, you mean... Let's just keep going. (laughs) So they're in the house now, and after a while, Paula starts experiencing some weird things. Weird things are happening in this house. She's hearing footsteps in the attic. (sighs) Pictures are disappearing from walls. Heirlooms are going missing. They're reappearing in weird-ass places. Weird stuff's happening. And then the main piece, which is what the title is after, named after, is that the gaslights start dimming on their own. Because it's the 40s. The haunting. (laughs) Oh my god. And they had gaslights. Right, right. (laughs) So, our ultimate nice Angela Lansbury, who plays the maid Nancy, she is worsening the situation because Paula is becoming convinced that she, like, Nancy loathes her and hates her and is like, 
having a go at her. And Gregory's like, Paula, you paranoid beast. <laughs> no, that's not happening. But at the same time, he's full on flirting with mm-hmm. Nancy and pretty much egging the whole thing on. Ugh. So he's not really helping. So Gregory is insisting that nothing is happening. He's like... These things aren't happening. They're not going missing. There's no footsteps. Are you crazy, Etch? What is going on? And he's basically telling Paula, you're imagining everything. Mm-hmm. None of this is real. And so for her own safety, Gregory decides that he's going to isolate Paula from the outside world. <sighs> for her own safety. <laughs> so behind the scenes of all this, Gregory has a cunning strategy to convince his wife that she is going crazy, hoping to have it institutionalized giving him the power of attorney over her. I wonder why he wants that. <laughs> well, so um, there was a chance encounter with a inspector from Scotland Yard earlier on okay. where he sees Paula and apparently Paula must look so much like Alice that he's reminded of Alice's case. He's like, such Alice, that opera singer. That's a cold case. Mm-hmm. I might go and look into that now. So he spi- it spikes an interest and he's like kind of keeping an eye on it all and piecing it all together so here's the plot twist are we ready for the plot twist we are ready also i just realized i'm completely spoiling this whole thing for people <laughs> i should have put it at the front spoilers i'm telling you the whole piece <laughs> so sorry plot twist is that gregory is surges he was this mystery man and he went to find paula like knew who she was went to italy to find her married her mm-hmm. moved her back into this house mm-hmm. he was causing all the noises because he was up in the attic looking for the jewels wait how old is he i don't know <laughs> i'm slightly concerned. i think he is supposed to be like a 10 years or so older oh. you know in typical you know oh of course you know. Um, I was going to say, I can't imagine it's like 14 year old coming to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was a full blown adult, but he was causing all these noises in the attic. He was also dimming the gas lights because when you turn the gas lights on in the attic to get the gas to go up to the attic, mm-hmm. it has to leave the bottom level. Right. So it automatically would dim the gas lights downstairs. Okay. So it was him being etched and he realized and kind of egged her on and, uh, to be like, you beast, this is all not real. <laughs> so he had basically had this plan of like, I didn't get those jewels all those time, like all those years ago when I murdered this woman for no reason now. <laughs> so I'm going to go and find her niece, marry her, get into that house, find those jewels. Like these jewels must have been worth a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> to go to all this trouble. Jesus. This guy's like looking for the rarest of diamonds. Literally. And... Honestly. So in the end... <laughs> Briefly wrap it up. The police figure it out. They catch him. They take him away. And they tell Paula, like, you weren't going crazy. Like, that all happened. Mm-hmm. We can even see. And we, like, they explain to her, like, yeah, it's this and it's that. So she's fine. She's free. And it's all happily ever after. So that's Gaslight, the film. <laughs> I mean, not gonna lie, there was a lot of suspense. I saw it in black and white in my yes, head. Yes, the black and whiteness. Especially oh. Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury, 18. <laughs> Such a sweet little... Oh. So... Little information about this piece quickly. So this film was very successful. Mm-hmm. If you go into Rotten Tomatoes, it's got an eighty-eight percent approval rate. Ooh. So she's quite nice. 
Um, she did very well at the awards as well. Okay. She was nominated at the Oscars for Best Motion Picture. Okay. Best Actor for Charles Boyer, who plays the Etch Gregory. Mm-hmm. Best Supporting Actress for Angela Lansbury. <laughs> she was 18 and she got nominated for Best Supporting Actress Oscar. Amazing. <laughs> we stand so much. <laughs> she was also nominated for Best Screenplay and Best Cinematography for a Black and White Film. She won two Oscars. She won Best Art Direction for a Black and White Film. And Ingrid Bergman won Best Actress for Paula. So Mm. nice. Bergman also won a Golden Globe for Best Actress too. So she's an amazing film. I would say check her out if you aren't etch and go, black and white films are boring. No, they're not. They're still masterpieces. Like Films have to come from somewhere. They're they're so good. I mean, (laughs) yeah, they were, you know, censorship, so they couldn't show a lot of things, but still good. (laughs) Still good. Okay. So why is she talking about this today? Because this film has been linked to the term used in psychology, which is gaslighting. Okay. <laughs> Reveal time. Okay. So, what is gaslighting in psychology? So, the term gaslighting... By the way, I'm reading this quote, so there are some words here that I'm definitely going to stumble over because <laughs> her tongue isn't great. The term gaslighting has been used colloquially... <laughs> Since the 1960s to describe efforts to manipulate someone's perception of reality. So this term's already been used since the 60s. It's, uh, the term has been used to describe such behaviour in psychoanalytic literature since the 70s. And in 1980, uh, there was a book on child sexual abuse, which, uh, the, the author Florence Rush summarised George Kirchhoff's Gaslight. Um, even today, the word gaslighting is used to describe an attempt to destroy another's perception of reality. I think we've all had uh, some gaslighting thrown in our directions. Well, do you know what the tea is? I did not know about this term until last year because mm. there was a sudden rush on Facebook of like, have you been gaslighting someone? Or if you've heard these phrases, you've been gaslighted. And I was like, oh. <laughs> But, like, I feel like if you on Facebook, you will 10 out of 10 have seen gaslighting stuff. Because I think I see a week, like, a post once a week about gaslighting. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, maybe I just have those kinds of friends. Yeah, I would rethink <laughs> that, that friends constantly share this gaslighting thing, like, once a week. And it's like, I get it. Okay. We have to be careful, guys. But anyway, so the term the gaslighting, it was originated from the play slash the two films. Um... And it, but also it, uh, the play in the films, it was the first artistic portrayal of this type of psychological abuse. So it was the first time it was seen in a play or in a film back in the 40s. So we're going to get psychological now because I've got some quotes here from an actual doctor. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so I've taken this from, there's a blog on uh, psychology today it was written by dr stephanie sarkis she's a therapist (laughs) she's a therapist stephanie (laughs) um she specializes in adhd anxiety and gaslighting so she knows all about it she's published works and written books so i guess if you're interested in that go and check out dr stephanie sarkis she's a ultimate nice so she says that gaslighting is a tactic in which a person or entity, in order to gain more power, makes a victim question their reality. Anyone is susceptible to gaslighting, and it is a common technique for abusers, dictators, narcissists, and cult leaders. Uh, it is done slowly so the victim doesn't realise how much they've been brainwashed. So, I've got here 11 warning signs of gaslighting 
Shall we go into that? Oh god, Shall I feel like everyone's going to be like fact checking this with their boss or something. <laughs> well, um, this is by Dr. Stephanie Sarkis. If you've got a problem with this, come after her. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't I'm go after sure, anyone. I'm pretty sure she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> but also, let's see if we can pinpoint, based on my terrible plot summary, <laughs> anything that we read here, if we can spot that in the film okay. to see if we can join these pieces together. So number one is they tell blatant lies. You know it's an outright lie, yet they're telling you this lie with a straight face. Why are they so blatant? Because they're setting up a precedent. Once they tell you a huge lie, you're not sure if anything they say is true. Keeping you unsteady is their goal. Okay. So I guess, um, what's his name? George? No? Gregory. Gregory. Where did I get George from? (laughs) (laughs) So Gregory, when he heard about that note and he kind of freaked out, I guess that that's that first point yeah he told and also like i guess denying like when she was like did you hear that those footsteps before and he was like no what are you talking about no. i didn't hear anything it's just me Such tea. uh number two is they deny they ever said something even though you have proof you know they said they would do something you know you heard it but they outright deny it makes you start questioning your reality maybe they never said that thing like oh etch and the more they do this the more you question your reality and start accepting theirs so did he have an affair with angela lansbury not the actress i don't i don't think they had an actual affair i think he was just really flirty with her disclaimer i haven't actually seen the full film (laughs) i've seen pieces but i don't think i think he was just being flirty and trying to be you know like yeah causing issues because he's an etch Okay. Um, number three is that they use what is near and dear to you as ammunition. I don't think this one applies, but this one is really interesting as well. Mm-hmm. So they know how important your kids are to you. They know how important your identity is to you. Mm-hmm. So those may be one of the first things they attack. If you have kids, they will tell you that you should not have had those children. Uh, they will tell you you'd be w- a worthy person if only you didn't have a long list of negative traits. They attack the foundation of your being. They come at you. I'm already so angry. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so... Because uh, everyone knows people like this. Oh, 100%. Like, we definitely know people like this. <laughs> so, now I'm just angry at that person. <laughs> and I want them to come at me so I can come at them. <laughs> Being inexcusable. <laughs> um, number four is that they, they wear you down over time. This is one of the insidious things about gaslighting. It is done gradually over time. A lie here, a lie there, a snide comment every so often, and then it starts ramping up. Even the brightest, most self-aware people can be sucked into gaslighting. It is that effective. No one is safe. I don't like that last bit. I know, you would think like, oh, I'm, I, I get it. Like, you know, yeah. I'm smart enough to tell when someone's being etch. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, especially if you put your trust into that person as well. Like, oh, if yeah. they're, like, someone that's really close, like, a, a partner or a parent or something like that, and then they're suddenly telling you things and snide comments, and you just kind of, you think about it for a second, or you don't at all, and then just brush it off and move it on. Move it on. Move on. Move on. <laughs> you just move on. Uh, number five. We're nearly halfway. I realize this is a long list, so sorry. <laughs> um, their actions do not match their words. When dealing with a person that gaslights, look at what they are doing rather than what they are saying. What they are saying means nothing. It's all just talk. What they are doing is the issue. Their actions are more the issue than what they're saying. Okay. 
Uh, number six, they throw in positive reinforcement to confuse you. <laughs> this person that is cutting you down, telling that you don't have value, is now praising you for something you did. This adds an additional sense of uneasiness. You think, well, maybe they aren't so bad. And then it says here, and I love this, yes, they are. <laughs> I just love that. Um, this is a calculated attempt to keep you off kilter. And again, to question your reality. Also, look at what you were praised for. It is probably something that served the gaslighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, God. Getting psychological. See, now that like, these points are being brought up, I'm actually thinking of everyone that I know. <laughs> I know. And I'm just like, this person doesn't do it. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, I'm now thinking to go through my mm. Facebook friend list and just get rid of some people. <laughs> We only have a few left, I promise. Number seven, they know <laughs> confusion weakens people. So gaslighters know that people like having a sense of stability and normalcy. Their goal is to uproot this and make you constantly question everything. And humans' natural tendency is to look to the person that will help you feel more stable. And that happens to be the gaslighter. Mm. Ew. Number eight is they project. Again, this one doesn't really apply, but again, interesting. They are a drug user or a cheater, yet they are constantly accusing you of that. This is done so often that you start trying to defend yourself and you are distracted from the gaslighter's own behaviour. So instead of being like, um, you're a drug user slash cheater slash bad thing, mm-hmm. you're like, but I'm not. This is, I'm such a nice. And you're just so distracted to try and defend yourself that you forget that they're actually doing the same thing. That's it. So these people are very quick to deflect everything. It's like, oh, but you, yes. no, 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 you. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, well, no. So... <laughs> But you, you. Okay, we have three left. Here we go. Number nine is they try to align people against you. Gaslighters are masters at manipulating and finding the people they know will stand by them no matter what. And they use these people against you. They'll make comments such as, this person knows that you're not right, or this person knows you're useless too. Keep in mind, it does not mean that these people actually said these things. They're not etched like the gaslighter. A gaslighter is a constant liar. When the gaslighter uses this tactic, it makes you feel like you don't know who to trust or who to turn to. And that leads you right back to the gaslighter. And that's exactly what they want. This sentence is perfect for the film. Isolation gives them more control. (laughs) She's snapping. Gregory. Gregory. Isolation to control her. Mm hmm. Mm. (laughs) definitely don't stand 100% oh bless number 10 is they tell you or others that you are crazy oh we've heard her before this is one of the most effective tools of the gaslighter because it's dismissive the gaslighter knows if they question your sanity people will not believe you when you tell them the gaslighter is abusive or out of control Mm. so like if they are telling other people let's say for example I'm gaslighting you right and I say to people, guys, Steph is out of her mind. She's crazy. She's saying all this weird ass shit. She's being a complete etch. Don't, don't even take, like, listen to her. And then you go to someone, Tess is abusing me. Tess is abusing me. They'll be like, oh, Steph. Oh, no. Oh, oh babe. Okay. Sure, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> I should have got to them first. This is they're, they're telling you you're crazy as well. So, like, they're trying to make you believe that you're crazy while yeah. also telling others that you're crazy. Hmm. I think that's what that said. No, that's, that's <laughs> it, like, yeah. I think that's what I just read. 
Did I just make stuff up? No, no, no. That's 100% what you said. That's just... Oh, because number 11 is they tell everyone else... you. They tell you everyone else is a liar. So it's all about lies. So by telling you that everyone else, which could include your family or the media, is a liar, it again makes you question your reality. You've never known someone with the audacity to do this. So they must be telling the truth, right? No. <laughs> I love this so much. It's a manipulation technique. It makes people turn to the gaslighter for the, in quotes, correct information, which isn't correct at all. Which sounds a bit Trumpy. <sighs> Fake news. Believe what I say. Only trust what I say. Because everyone else is lying. <laughs> Did he just gaslight a whole country for four years? <laughs> Oh, it's all coming out. It's... Oh, dear. I think we're going to skip that part and move straight on to the next bit. Well, Tell that's us. all of the warning signs that I have. So it's all done, I'm blessed. But if you're still like, have I seen gaslighting in other pop culture situations before? Um, maybe you have because there are <laughs> some things here. I, lo- I just laughed because the first one, I'm like, I don't know anybody who would have listened to this, but I'll say it just in case. Okay. There was a BBC radio soap opera called The Archers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. In 2016, they had a plot line where the main theme was gaslighting. Mm. So if you listened to her in 2016, you probably would have heard some gaslighting. Mm. Uh, there were Days of Our Lives had a gaslighting uh, plot line in 2018. Mm-hmm. But the two most notable ones, I think everyone will be like such, is The Girl on the Train... Okay. Because when she was blackout, drunk, people, when she came to, would be like, you did this, and she didn't. Mm-hmm. They're basically telling her she did all this crazy stuff, and she didn't. But the main one, which I love, is uh, Tangled. Mother Gothel oh is gaslighting Rapunzel. Yeah. Like, for the whole thing. <laughs> Imagine being gaslighted your entire life by someone you love, but then that kind of does happen to people, unfortunately. It does happen. Um, but if you're more interested, like, if you want to know more about Tangled and Mother Gothel and Gaslighting, there's a YouTube channel called Cinema Therapy, and they watch different movies, different scenes from movies, and talk about, like, the psychology behind some of them. So they do Tangled and Gaslighting, and they will play scenes from the film and be like, that is an example of this, that's an example of that, and, like, basically point out all the times. And it's pretty much any time Mother Gothel's on screen, she's gaslighting (laughs) Rapunzel, like, the whole time. (laughs) So I'd recommend. They also did, oh my gosh, they did this, like they did Inside Out, which I bawled my eyes out when I watched it because it was all about growing up and it's like, it's like <laughs> and they did one for Soul. They've done Harry Potter ones about bullying and stuff. And um, the other one they, they did that I love is they did some Twilight stuff about toxic relationships. So. Oh my god, that's literally like the national anthem for toxic oh relationships. Oh my gosh, would highly recommend that channel if you want to check out more like psychology stuff with cinema. Cinema therapy, you said? Cinema therapy. Ooh, it's really look. good. Um, so I guess the other thing about gaslighting though, which is like now that I've said what it is and everything like that, it's most also commonly seen in domestic abusive Mm. relationships. If you're being like assaulted by your partner, um, it's a way to keep you quiet and it's a way to, you know, protect themselves if they're abusing you. Mm -hmm. So women tend to be more like... Uh, vulnerable to it because they're in they're being overpowered in a relationship that's like the general like obviously anyone can be gaslighted by anyone Mm -hmm. it's not just in relationships it's with family friends colleagues the list goes on so 
I guess I should say, if you feel like you're being gaslighted, <laughs> um, best thing to do is to consult a therapist or a psychiatrist if you want help with that. If you feel like it's happening to you, go and seek help. Oh, look at me being all <laughs> helping society, <laughs> telling people to go to therapy. So that was on this day on May the 4th. Gaslight came out. Wow. Yay. May the 4th, 1944. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Such a while ago. Isn't that interesting? That was pretty interesting, considering like a lot of that stuff happens to... I mean, it's not like it doesn't happen, like, you know, like a, a year is skipped on guys gaslighting. But <laughs> This year there was no gaslighting. <laughs> well done, guys. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's more prominent nowadays because of... I don't, I don't want to say because of cancel culture, but yeah. Mm. But yeah, it's 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 that thing where everyone's so quick to lay blame and point fingers and all sorts without doing their research or hearing all three sides of the truth, which is their story, your story, or that person's story, the other person's story, and the actual truth. Mm. So... Oh my god, I feel like I need to seek help now. <laughs> we all need to seek help. <laughs> but that's the thing, it's like, you don't want to say it, but it's low-key the truth. Like, when you see those um, phrases that people say, if, you, if you've heard this, you've been gaslighted. Mm-hmm. And some of them, it's like, but that could be used in a genuine situation. Like what? Um, oh my god, now you're going to make me look up this graphic. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but myself and anyone else listening is probably curious as to what sentences have you not seen these on facebook like i said i stay off of facebook oh she stays off yes i stay off i talk to people in the real world okay that (laughs) tea okay so there's like a graphic that says like what does it sound like and so there's like you're overreacting you need help i didn't do that you're upset over nothing you must be confused again Mm -hmm. just calm down you're so dramatic I never said that. Why are you so defensive? What are you talking about? It's your fault. You twist things. You're so sensitive. Stop imagining things. Um, I was just joking. They're like the main ones I have. So a lot of them, oh, make sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they all can fit into gaslighting. But like, I am guilty of telling people to calm down because I don't know what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> like your instinct when someone is panicking, freaking out or being worried you want to say, look, calm down, it'll be fine. And so then part of me is like, am I not allowed to say calm down anymore? <laughs> am I diminishing their feelings by saying calm down? But then the, the oh, I was only joking or I'm joking or something. I can see how that one can be like, oh, am I not allowed to say that one? Because, yeah. yeah, like a lot of us are pretty sarcastic. And when I say a lot of us, I mean us millennials who have... Sarcasm. We've grown up on that dark humor and self-depreciating <laughs> humor. So it's really easy for us to just turn around and say, oh, it's just kidding. And we most likely are genuinely just kidding. And we don't think about it. But then someone would turn around and say, you're just gaslighting me. No, no. No. I really wasn't. <laughs> it was I, actual joke. <laughs> I, I actually was legitimately kidding. Like, if you know me well enough, you know I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, such. Mm. That could be such a... T- yeah, I, 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 yeah, I just saw some of those sentences and I was just like... Ugh. Someone could easily turn and be like, Tess gaslighted me and I don't appreciate it. And I'll be like, oh, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That was not my intention. I'm sorry. Well, I think the thing that works in your favor is that people know that you're not crazy. Oh, well. I mean... I'm low-key crazy. (laughs) 
I mean, you're like Disney crazy and, you know, that kind of stuff. But you're not like actively trying to psychologically harm someone on a That is the other thing. It's like you have to put in the context of this person is manipulating you, Mm -hmm. abusing you most likely, and they're doing it for for themselves. Yeah. There's like a narcissistic quality to all of that. Oh my gosh, we got so psychological today. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. We started off so so like sarcastic and jokey and And now a serious business. Mm. Oh bless us. That was the stunning history of today for May the fourth. I just can't stop thinking about May the 4th of Star Wars. Oh my god, it's now in my brain forever. Everybody watching Star Wars after this. Look, again, nothing against Star Wars. It's just that May the 4th, honestly. Anyway, thanks for listening. I've been Tess, and I've been joined by my ultimate nurse, Steph. Say bye, Steph. Bye. (laughs) And join us next time for hopefully a date slash story that's just as intriguing and just as fun. Nice. (laughs) Bye. Bye.